Tip today with Fran Curry, Imro Radio Award Gold winner. In association with slatterysgarage.ie. Good morning. Welcome along to Tip Today, 1800-938-007. That's our free phone number. It won't cost you anything to make that call. And we're always delighted to hear from you. Rather special Tip Today today because we've landed on the first stop of our Tipperary Village Tour. And we're live this morning from Russell's shop in the heart of Ballyporeen. And it lies in the Galtv Valley with the Galtee Mountains to the north and the lovely Knockbell Downs to the south. Now, we're here all morning. We'll meet the locals. We'll find out something of the local history and, indeed, the heart of village life. And it's the first in our series of these village tours, which we are undertaking over the next uh, few months. So the main thing to know is uh, if you're in the area, do drop in and say hello because you'll be made fierce welcome here in Russell's altogether. Now, Ellie is with me here and uh, Owen is with us as well. And Emma is back at base this morning to take your calls. So once again, that's 1800-938-007 as ever. You can text and WhatsApp, and that's 083-311-3311. And now we're here in Russell's shop, as I said, in Ballyporeen. And to kick off this morning, um, well, why not meet uh, the face of Russell's shop? And that's Pat Russell himself. How are you, Pat? I'm good, friend. How are you? Welcome to Ballyporeen. Well, thank you so much indeed. I, I was telling our listeners on um, uh, social media there just about an hour ago, this is my ideal um, outside broadcast because I'm sitting here by the Aga fire in your kitchen and the atmosphere is just fantastic. Um, the place is very much old world, Pat, isn't it? Oh, God, it is. It goes back generations in my family name, you know, into the 1800s as a shop. You know, before that, I know there was carpentry done out the back where the shop was built from the carpentry shop. I don't know exactly what year the shop opened, but it goes back to, let's see, the famine times. Yeah. I got records going back to the famine times. And you showed me some of the ledgers out there, and it's absolutely fascinating uh, for sure. You've had offers in the past to change the face of the, the shop pads to make it all plasticky and shiny and yeah, lighting yeah. and all of that. You chose not to go I down that particular to. road. I, yeah. I was born old, to put it that way, so I knew I was supposed to... I knew the value of it, the way it yeah. is, you know, and it's it's my ancestors' work, so why change it? Yeah. And why fix something that's not broken? Absolutely. And the people locally now, they expect the shop to look like this, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. I remember in my early days behind the counter, I did something and it was a very good lesson for me to learn. I moved to dog food from one part of the shop to another the tins of dog food and people came in they said where's the dog food where's the dog food it used to be over here and i said no it's over here now and they said no it should be over here and it was a very good learning lesson because i realized then i'm just a proprietor of the shop right. they the customers own the shop um you know. people that come by whether they're tourists or visiting the area whatever what what do they make of the shop when they, they love it they come in yeah there are a lot of people, strangers come in and they say they haven't seen a shop like this in many years. It reminds them of their childhood and don't ever change it. That's the main request. You know, they said to me and they complimented, you know, strangers from different countries even when they're passing through, you know, they just fall in love with it because yeah. it's all wood and, you know, none of the shelves have changed at all throughout 
over well over 100 years. That's not brilliant. You're still finding uh, items of historical interest, even at this point, Pat. Oh, God, I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, every so often I, I come across something that just, I have to shake my head and say, wow, because it's I never knew it was there. And uh, like when I look at the ledgers and stuff, like I can look at the ledgers at dates of history, you know, the sinking of the Titanic, I got yeah. them ledgers, right? And who was in the show? The day before September 1st, 1939, the day of, for, of World War. Second World War, yeah. <clears throat> and you could see the, how the shopping went. It was like a history, how people were shopping an awful lot. And then it dropped off after that because they were at home listening to wireless, wondering what's happening with the war. You know, and then you see the, 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 the business kind of picking up again. But then another thing, there was something else I looked up not too long ago, part of history. I can't think of what it was, but you could see how the shopping changed throughout those times. That's just, so all of that reflected in, I suppose, the Business. documentation that yeah, you documentation. have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was also taken by the beautiful handwriting in some of those ledgers. It's real oh, yeah. copper plate yeah. stuff. It's just gorgeous, isn't it's it? It's gorgeous, yeah. My, yeah. my answer, they had some beautiful handwriting. And so did my father, I must say. He has him, same like that, same like you saw, and it was just so stylish. Yeah. And it was like calligraphy or whatever they call it. Yeah. You know, and it's just unbelievable. Not, let's say, the viral never, or the ink, there's no blots or anything. It was free-flowing. Yes. And that you could just look at, it and it's just amazing. People might spot immediately, that's not a good uh, Ballyporeen accent. Uh, it's the best one I can put out here. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I you spoke at length about your life, and it was so fascinating. We got such a, a great reaction to it some time ago on, on, on the program as well. But what about the welcome? You, this was left to you by your, your, your Uncle Jim, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, show? my yeah. Uncle Jim passed away in 1990, February 1990, and he left me the business, which I didn't know. And like Jim was buried on the Sunday and I was in charge on Monday. So I was thrown in the deep end. And I, I remember there was five different bread men coming at the time and I hadn't, and they all had different bread. Right. And Mrs. O'Brien wanted certain bread and Miss Frank Curry wanted a different bread. And you had no idea. About I had no idea, you know, and I had no idea about it, anything. But like I, I stuck it out and I'm still here. You know, 32 question. years later. How were you accepted? Because this is what we want to get to today. I'm baffled by that. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about that acceptance into the heart of a, a very rural village with a great tradition and a great culture of its own. How did that Well, the, well number one thing, I'm a Russell. Okay. That meant an awful lot to the people. And I remember the week after Jim died, people were coming into me, and they were hugging me. And they were saying, you're a Russell. It meant so much to them that the name wasn't changed, that it was still a Russell. It didn't matter if I came from South Africa. You were I Russell. I was a Russell. And had you, know, you any notion about the importance of that surname? I'm learning every day how the importance of it. And I'm feeling it more as I get older that, wow, you know, it's a wow factor for me, right. an awful lot. So that was part of the acceptance. Oh, guess, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was the first foreign national in the village, and they accepted me. <laughs> and that's you know I say that every so often and, yes. I, and I came here originally for a two week holiday and I, I still say to people sometimes hey leave me alone I'm on holidays you know yes but uh I and and uh, I presume there was a great curiosity about you as well, was Oh, there? absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, there still is, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dark yes. horse, but uh, yeah. that's okay too. I'm who I am. Yeah. And uh I, I love being here. There's no other place I'd rather be. 
Um, I love how you got around the COVID barrier that you had to put up in the in, in the shop, which was the the plastic um, um, screen c- screen on the counter there. And but you you took that as being a necessary evil, but you turned it into something very positive. Yeah, I put up. Um, it happened by fluke, you know. When I put it up, when COVID came to this community, to to everywhere, to the world, I should say, a lot of fear was there. Yeah, And people didn't know what was going on from one moment to the next, never mind one day to the next. And I knew I heard about these screens going up and everything like that. So I put one up and I knew I had to <clears throat> help myself, never mind everybody else, but to get through this. Yes. And I had a saying, you know, this too shall pass. So I put that up on the screen first for a few days and people were looking at it. And then I found some old photographs. And throughout the years, I took a lot of photographs of village life and you know my life or whatever and I had a lot of photographs from back in California so I started putting them up slowly but surely and everybody fell in love with it they say it's a work of art don't ever take it down I have no intention of taking it down because I'll probably get a slap if I take it down <laughs> but um and it's Bally Preen throughout the years that I've been here you know I have some pictures of my ancestors of going back to 1904 and stuff you know out in front of the shop and stuff yeah. and I have some pictures from Last Halloween, you know, I have some pictures throughout the years of the char- different characters that walked in the door and stuff, and the people that were here and the people that are still here, and even strangers passing by that come oh, into the shop. They're, they're fascinated. I've, by I've the had so many people that says, you know, they stop in for you know, they're going into the post office next yeah. doors, but they'll stop in the shop for something. And they stand there and they just stare. And I've had numerous of people say to me, you don't mind if I stand here and look at these pictures? I don't know who these people are, but this is fantastic. I've never seen this anywhere. And it happened just completely by fluke that I just put these pictures up. You you mentioned uh, Halloween last time around. You you dress up for God's oh, yeah. sake. So t- Halloween's, you have to dress up Halloween. <laughs> You're allowed to as an adult. Yeah. In my first year behind the counter here, I dressed up, and it was Catholic Ireland then, and yeah. it was All Souls Day. And I was dressed up like a gargoyle or something. I forget what it was, and people were coming in wondering, like you saying, accepting me. They were saying, what kind of person is that human being? <laughs> and I didn't understand it, how no one was dressing up back then. Yeah. Because I also dressed up. I have no problem with it. You yeah, know, I don't... But, of course, the American tradition is very yeah. much costume yeah. and uh, drama and all of that, isn't it, Yeah. And, uh I love doing it, yeah. you know, on oh, no, Halloween or on Patty's Day, you know, the odd time. I and I saw it. on the photographs, the kids really take to this, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. I do it for them. You can't beat a smile from a child. Yeah. And the thing about Halloween with the kids, like there's Christmas and what I love about Halloween in, in the kids is they could go out and they could spend 50 euros on a costume, 100 euros on a costume, or they can get a plastic bag and put it on yeah. and none of them are judged. Yeah. They're all the same. And look at me. And they put great, how would you, their imagination runs with it. That's you know, terrific, um, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what is it about you and this deli ham that has no equal uh, around, uh, not only around the county, but around the country, I'm told, Pat, for God's sake? Well, so I've been told, too. Many people say they only eat Pat's ham. And what, what is it about Pat's deli ham? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I have. It baffles myself and the girls at work here because we give out the same ham all the time. You know, we've had different ham throughout the years, but everybody comes back for... For Pat's ham? For Pat's ham. Right. There was a lady that told me not too long ago, they were, she was in Italy with her four children. They couldn't wait to get back. For Pat's ham? For Pat's ham. 
Allie told me that her, her son, when he goes to college, he wants to know, can he get a pound and freeze it? You know, so he could have it for the week. Right, but you don't know what the secret is. I have is, no but idea. It, it, I'm it, it seems by to it. work as well. And you produce honey as well. Well, you don't. The bees do. But the bees do, yes. Yeah. I yeah. have four hives out the back, and, uh, and it's a good honey, you know. Yeah, so I'm told. I can't wait to sample it uh, later on as well. It's great to be here, Pat, and thanks for, no for looking after us this morning. But do do stay with us because I'm I'm delighted to be joined by another uh, Russell now, and this time it's Roisin Russell. But Roisin, you were at pains to tell me that you're not related. <laughs> uh, yeah, same surname, but um, people often just associate Pat and um, well. I'm not a Russell myself, I married a Russell. Right. So, um, yeah, a lot of people seem to think there's a, a connection, a link there. Right, but there's, but there's not in this case. You're very heavily involved, of course, in Ballyperine uh, Community Council. Um, the, the village was honoured at this year's Pride of Place Awards at the INEC in Killarney. What did that mean to the area? Um, it was fantastic. I mean, we sent in an application just letting them know the work we do, the makeup of our council. Um, why we feel it is so special in this area and we were invited then to go to the finals so three of our members went to the finals and we were absolutely blown away that we actually received the first prize for our area which was 300 to 1000 um, in a rural area population. Uh, population. Yes. So it, it meant everything because I suppose it's a recognition and it's an acknowledgement of the work and the dedication that goes in to maintaining the community council, it's all voluntary. So it's people's time, it's people's energy. And I suppose it was lovely to just see that that was being recognised. And I suppose I have to say it's the current community council, it's the past community council members. I mean, it was set up in 77, 78. So that was the start of it. You've got the local businesses and you've got the local people in the area. It was an award for everybody. It was an award for, you know, everyone to kind of push forward to make Ballyprene as dynamic and as proactive as we can have it. And what about that? Because, you know, on the programme, Roisin, over the years, we keep hearing about the demise of rural Ireland, about, mm. you know, all the services being taken from rural Ireland, whether it's the post office or the Garda station yeah. or the creameries or, or whatever. There's many challenges to yeah. it. I mean, how, how do you keep morale up? How, how do you keep building? Yeah, well, I think there's a very, very good team. I mean, there's 20 of us all together. Um, we are voted in in a democratic vote, and it's very important that we are voted in from the different townlands around the area so everyone is represented. We're different age groups. We are, we all bring different skill sets. Um, you know, there's jobs that people would be confident in that other mm. people would nearly die having to do. Um, and then other people step in. And I suppose the atmosphere that's there is an all hands on deck kind of atmosphere. So, you know, a WhatsApp message might go out. We need help with setting up for this, cleaning up. Mm. You get the thumbs up from people. I think if we didn't have that, we're at nothing, you know. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, it's just really important. It's where grants come into it as well. I think grant application is massively important. That's what and has enabled us. And the skill about applying for it's grants. A lot of paperwork. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, we do have a massive team. And we have, we have people behind the scenes that are constantly working at applying for anything that we might be eligible for. Right. Because it's the grants that have allowed us to be where we are today. We have a fabulous hall. We have a sensory garden. We are in the, the process of a big project in conjunction with the primary school at the moment for 
a walkway, AstroTurf pitch and restoration of the old school building. That took a lot of background work as well. So without grants, you know, we're at nothing because... It, it just has enabled us to bring all the fabulous amenities that we have mm. here in Ballyprene. But I guess, Roisin, that it requires constant work because if yeah. you sit back at all, um, services could be eroded yes. and you won't get those yes. grants and, the, and those yeah. fundings that you've been talking about. Absolutely, and that's why it's really important that we keep applying. We just yes. apply, apply and um, are absolutely delighted with what we get. And we use everything we get. It goes straight back in to the community council for those amenities to keep maintaining our hall, to keep our, I mean, our hall gets used for rentals, for classes and shows, and it's fabulous to see it being used as much as it is. But then also it goes into other areas. I mean, there's a Tidy Towns group that was set up recently, um, again, who are there after hitting the ground running um, mm. with projects they want to get involved into. Just, it's all going into to making our village as proactive and as beautiful as, as it can be. You're a, a young woman, Roisin. I mean, how important is it to get younger people involved uh, in, you know, the various aspects of a village like yeah. this? Yeah, I think, I think very important. I think, yeah. as I said, everybody brings something different to the table. And I think, you know, there may be somebody that has a certain skill set that, you know, we may need on board. I think it's, it's important. I suppose I only saw the work that went into it when I came to the village and when I was nominated to be on the community council. It's only then that I saw, wow, I've kind of learned a huge amount about the village, you know, about the history of the village yes. and what's actually involved. So I think for young people to get on board would be absolutely fantastic. And that gives a sense of place then, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah, a sense of belonging. And, you know, as I said, it's the community council has its 20 members and... I think they need to be credited massively because, as I said, it's all voluntary. But it's also everybody else that just gets stuck in and works together. We work as a, as a unit, the different groups within the village, the different people, as I said, the businesses. We all just work together to kind of do what we can. You know, I don't know where you get the time because you have a young family as well and you're involved in so many other things too. Tell me a little of Tiernanog because Ali was filling me in on yeah. this. Tell me about your involvement with Tiernanog. Um, so about seven years ago, was it seven years ago? It was probably even longer now. Through a friend of a friend, I heard about Louise Quill. So Louise is a Kerry woman and she went out to Tanzania when she was in her early 20s and she saw a massive need for... Um, a safe, secure home for children out there, a lot of children that would be on the streets. So she went about setting up an orphanage. Um, she has a very good team behind her that um, helped her family, that helped her with that. I was just really, really intrigued and I went out there um, for two years in a row to spend time and um, get to know the children and the families. So it was phenomenal to see how one person can just drive themselves to help all of these kiddies. I mean, they, I think they have, they had 40 children in their care and they're in the middle now of creating a new building for them because the building they were in was falling down. It was really becoming unsanitary and safe for them. So they have a whole new children's village that they've got, gotten on board with. It's Tiernanog Orphanage um, on Facebook and .com as well. It's a fabulous initiative and I was and, delighted. And, and you raised money for them in, in what fashion uh, did you do that? Well, over the years, I suppose, I've, I've tried to give what I can when I can. And, you know, with COVID, like I used to do some face-to-face -face coffee mornings and things like that. But 
through COVID, I just decided just to walk last year, just to do um, a bit of mileage from the equivalent of from here, Ballyprene to Kerry to Tralee, um, just to give something back and keep it tipping away. And they do monthly donations, which go towards the children's education, their school as well. So, you know, it's just lovely to be able to know that you're giving something. And if all of that wasn't enough, you're involved with uh, animal welfare as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose I used to volunteer um, at some of the rescues. I volunteered up at the Dacia up in Ballymacarbury in County Waterford. And I just saw a massive, massive need for animals to be just helped when we can. I mean, the, the stories are horrific and, and the neglect is horrific. So I just thought, what can I do myself? Because, you know, I would love, my dream would be to have a sanctuary. Russell's Place is my, it's, it's our home. It's my mm. home. I, you know, we've opened it myself and my husband. I'm glad he's on board with me because that could be a, a disaster if he wasn't. But we used to foster animals. We would take in strays. We would find homes for animals. And I suppose when my girls came along, I had to take a little bit of a back seat. So I decided to set up an online platform on a Facebook page called Russell's Place. And I suppose I just saw the need for people to have a platform to share a lost pet, to rehome, help rehome a pet, um, just to put up posts to help people along. I mean, if somebody loses their animal, it's absolutely heartbreaking. They don't know where to go first. It's a way yeah. for me to be able to put their picture up. This dog is missing. Please contact this number. And there's been a big need for it. And I'm delighted to do it. Because if it was any of mine that went missing, you know, we've, we've our animals at home. I would just love that somebody would be able to... I think it's fantastic what you're, what you're doing. You mentioned your husband, Dave, and because there's no secrets once whatsoever on this programme, Roisin, I know that Dave is, is a farmer, but he also teaches yoga. Yeah, he's a fully qualified why, why yoga you, instructor. Why am I surprised at that combination for some reason or other? <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's always, always been interested in yoga, has always done it himself and found it really beneficial. So he went off and trained, trained up in it cool. and he teaches chair yoga. Um, and well, what's that now? Chair yoga. So it's yoga sitting on a chair, basically. So if people aren't, you know, comfortable enough with standing poses or they might have injuries or they might not be strong okay. in the legs, they will do all of their poses through chair through the chair. Um, and it's just a form of exercise. And he adores it. He loves meeting people. And right. um, yeah. And I know, did he teach upstairs here as well? He did. He, yeah, he teamed up with Pat. Yeah, he did meditation. Um, himself and Pat had classes up in Pat's shop up in upstairs. And are you into this as well, Pat? You're into. Uh, oh, I am, yeah. Yeah, yoga and meditation. Yeah, and yeah. Meditation. And I'm doing, I started going to another yoga class since Dave only does uh, chair yoga now. But right. like, uh, I enjoy his peace of mind. And it really works for oh you. Oh, my God. I can't express it. Yeah. Isn't that terrific? And standing behind the counter, you need a bit of a <laughs> <laughs> I presume you do indeed. Well, Roisin, it was lovely to meet Thank you, you today. So much. And congrats on all of the fantastic work. And, Pat, thanks for Thank hosting you. us here today. It's great uh, to be here. Beside the Aga, as I said, sure, where would you get it? Thanks very much indeed. No problem. Delighted to be here in Ballyporeen today. It is stop number one on our village tour of uh, the Premier County and we're looking forward to going to uh, other places as well. We'll be telling you about that in uh, the coming weeks. Right now we need to take a break. We'll be back with more from Ballyboreen in just a moment. 
Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 